Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Without further ado, we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Uh, we welcome back a former Edmonton Oilers player and coach. He is in a second stint coaching the Alberta Golden Bears. He was a hard-nosed, tough defenseman when he played back in the day. We welcome back Ian Herbers. Hi, Ian. How you doing? Good, Bob. Thank you. Good. Hey, look, I'm going to put you, throw you a curveball out of the gate here, as we often do, but I'm going to sort of uh, get you to rely on your, your pro experiences. I mean, you played on one of the toughest uh, American Hockey League teams of all time, uh, that 92-93 uh, Cape Breton squad. Did you guys not win the uh, Calder Cup that year? Yep, 92-93, yeah. That was a team where we had, uh, I think, probably the biggest set of defense in the American Hockey League at that time. Who, do you recall who you guys had? Um, uh, Gord Mark, myself, uh, Mark LaForge, uh, Bloomberg was our offensive skill guy, and he was 6'2", 205 maybe. Okay. Uh, he was, um, Darcy Martini. Okay. Uh, Frankie LaRue, I think, played a few games with us. And then you had tough guys at forward, too, didn't you? Oh, Brian Kern was there as well, so... Brian Curran was tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was a, that was a tough team. Uh, here's where I'm going with. I mean, you you've watched the evolution of the game. You got a fast, skilled team at the U of A. Of course, there's no fighting. I know that uh, Rob Dama myself used to believe maybe there should be fighting in Canada West hockey because it keeps the stick work down. But when I go and watch your games now, there it's n- nowhere near. Well, you were part of the transition because you came from the Western League, went played at the U of A in the late '80s, and they took fighting out of the game sort of in the early to mid. 80s and at that time there were a ton of hits and you had guys that you know fought in the western league that weren't allowed to fight um and you had a lot of five foot ten five foot eleven guys running around sticking guys didn't you Ian? yeah well we did we would allow fights but you're kicked out um after three fights then you started getting suspended so there was a little bit of a grace period i guess in between the okay. taking it out completely um so there was a few here and there on a rare occasion um, but for the most part, it's gone now. There, I've, I've all my time with the Bears, coaching wise, I haven't seen a fight yet. You know, a few pushes and shoves and a couple punches thrown, but no uh, brawls or fights. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, you were on the Oilers coaching staff. Uh, you had Luch here at that time. I, I know you saw the other night where Connor got hit, and I don't think the league does enough to protect the star players. And I still think it's incumbent upon a team. Uh, you know, the organization kind of has to protect your star players. Give me your thoughts from 30,000 feet on that. Um, well, the first thing, hey, power plays got, is one way of deterring it. And obviously the Oilers have had a fantastic power play over the years. Uh, but then you got to rely on that team toughness and, and the guys making the sacrifices and guys physical and winning the puck battles. Uh, that's the way the game's gone now. So you've got to be able to engage, uh, initiate, and instead of being at the receiving end all the time. So going after teams and getting them on their heels. All right, so obviously I'm just old school and draconian, and, and the game's passed <laughs> me by that idiot. That's what you're saying. Or you're, hey, I'm Bob, I'm coaching a, a university hockey team. I can't necessarily. Well, with the new rules and everything, they've got to be able to play in that. So if you can get that combination of a player that has some size, that plays hard, plays physical, wins the battles in the trenches, uh, those guys are you know worth a lot to your team. Uh, well, Vander Kane's one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, they they do miss him. That's for sure. What do you think of Josh Anderson in Montreal? Um, he plays. He's a guy that has that skill and play hard and gets into the tough areas and doesn't mind playing either a skill game or a physical game. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to your team. 
Uh, you know, I'm not sure your team is as deep as, you know, I've watched that Golden Bears program pretty closely for, oh, at this stage of the game, probably the last 40 years. I'm not sure you're as deep as some of the teams you've had in the past, but that said, I'm not sure the, like, the same player because there's two more NHL teams, a couple more AHL teams, a couple more ECHL teams. Maybe the, you know, maybe has it, you tell me, you're coaching in the league, you're coaching the Bears. You know, there'd be times where you'd have five guys, five lines of Western Hockey League graduates on your team. Right now, you don't have that. Is this just a one-off this year, or are there less players actually available because there's more pro opportunities out there? I think a combination. A lot has to do with the extra pro teams. I know a bunch of the players we've talked to last summer have signed pro deal, American League deals, um, or either in American League, East Coast League, or East Coast. Uh, a couple even went to Europe as well. So there's more opportunities, I think, for those players. Uh, and that's the way I've noticed it throughout the league. UBC is probably one of the teams that had the biggest recruiting class out of our league that we'll see tonight. Um, but I'm pleased where we are right now. We've got three lines that are playing three PP units. Our fourth line has been able to chip in and be productive and uh, been very good for us. And so we want to keep that going as well. And our defense, we've got a strong set of D and our goaltending has been outstanding. So um, maybe we don't have as, as many players, but the guys that we do have here this year have excelled and played very well for us. All right, we're joined right now by uh, Ian Herbers, the head coach of the number two ranked Alberta Golden Bears. You were number one the week before you guys didn't play last weekend. UNB got a couple wins, and they moved them up to number one overall. One of the freshmen I want to ask you about is Jack and Smallwood, who's off to a very uh, a good start. Is this a player of potential uh, for pro down the road? Yeah, uh, that's for sure. He's got the skill, the size. Um, he just needs to get more powerful and quicker. He can make plays at speed. He sees the game very well. Um, I've put him in every position. He's played center. He's a right shot. I've had him on right wing, and right now he's playing on left wing with Hughes and uh, Justin Hall. And that line's very dynamic for us. And so I can put him in any situation, power play, penalty kill, up a goal, down a goal, very reliable on the wall. And, and has done a very good job for us and found ways to contribute and chip in and made every line that he's been on better. You mentioned Justin Hall. You brought in the two uh, Hall boys, uh, Adam and Justin Hall, and both of those guys were at the Oilers' development camp. And I, I know that certainly in the case of uh, – uh, Adam Hall, uh, he was a guy last year that had a real good playoff for the Vancouver Giants. But Justin Hall had a 74-point season with the Lethbridge Hurricanes. I mean, that, that's a high-end offensive player these days in the Western Hockey League. Uh, give me your thoughts on the two Hall boys and what you've seen out of those guys who finally get a chance to play on the same team together. Uh, no, both guys have been very good. I started the year with them playing together. Uh, with Fontaine in the middle. Uh, that line was dynamic. Justin, unfortunately, got dinged up at the end of preseason, so he missed three weeks, four weeks, I think it was. Uh, so he's just starting to get his footing back in there, starting to get more comfortable with the league, where Adam had the opportunity to play right through. Uh, it's been very good. Right now, I have him split up. As I was telling you, I have Justin playing with Smallwood and Husey, while Adam's still staying with Fontaine and at Prezuzo on that line. Um, and both of them been very good both guys using on the power play both guys using on on the kill um and they find nice to have the bigger bodies in our lineup uh, that have skill and can play the game uh luke pro cop of course uh, just returned a junior uh, and got moved by edmonton to seattle his older brother joss joined your team uh, uh, a year ago and i think he's second on the team in scoring right now he's the former captain of the calgary hitman uh he's been a pretty good addition for you hasn't he 
Yeah, he's played uh, very well for us. Uh, another guy that I've switched around the lines a little bit lately. Um, he didn't play as much penalty kill before, but the last couple weekends, um, he's even on our penalty kill as well and has been more assertive in that role and has been very good for us. Um, he's been able to in um, our play, he's very dangerous, has a big-time shot. Uh, well, his strength is coming down the wing and just letting the puck fly. He's beat a number of goalies short side uh, upstairs. Um, and when he plays hard like that, uses his speed and is competitive. Uh, a very good player for us. Uh, we're joined by Ian Herbers, former Edmonton Oilers player and coach. He's a head coach of the number two ranked Alberta Golden Bears. They host UBC, who did knock you off a couple years ago, back uh, just before the pandemic hit in 2020. You guys were the higher seed at home, and a goaltender by the name of Ryland Toth, who was Red Deer's goalie at the 2016 Memorial Cup, was supposed to be Seattle's goalie, but uh, got hurt in 2017 when uh, Ethan Bear uh, was there with the Thunderbirds at the uh, Mem Cup that year. Uh, Toth is gone from UBC. You mentioned your goaltender. You brought in Ethan Kruger. You got Schneider, who was in the Flames organization for a couple of years. You got uh, two guys that uh, collectively between the two of them were WHL starters for five years. That's got to be an area of strength for you in goal. Well, even Matt Berlin's played very well for us when he's got into games. So it's you know tough situation for myself and the coaching staff deciding which goalies. But all three have played very well. Kruger's come in and um, leads the league in goals against average, has the second best save percentage, and I believe he's four and zero. Schneider started very well for us. Had a couple weeks where he had a little bit of a lull, but has come back and and has been the last week. And I thought the best goalie in Canada West. And uh, when he plays with that mindset. Uh, he's very good and, and can win us games. Ian, well, you look forward to seeing you tonight. Good, thanks, Bob. Pleasure. Take care. That is uh, Ian Herbers. It's 144 at Edmonton. Ian, of course, a former member of uh, the Edmonton Oilers as a player. He was on Todd McClellan's coaching staff for the 15, 16, 16, 17, 17, 18 seasons. Returned to the U of A, uh, got the U of A back to the national championship in 1819. Uh, Luke Phillip broke his ankle eight minutes in a game against UNB. The Bears lost uh, 4-2 with an empty netter. Um, and... Uh, 1920, we mentioned they got upset by UBC in round one, but the championship got cancelled ultimately. Bears returned when hockey started again last year and made it to the national championship final after beating host Acadia 7-0, San FX 7-3. They're up 4-2 on UQTR and didn't put them away and lost 5-4 in overtime in a game in which Alberta outshot Three Rivers 70-40. They got a good team. They're ranked number two in the country. they got a puncher's chance to win if they get out of the West. Uh, that's for sure. And, again, they play UBC tonight. The Edmonton Oil Kings tonight at home against the Brandon Wheat Kings. The Wheat Kings have dropped eight of their last nine. The Oil Kings are 2-17-1. and one. Uh, It's uh, United against Cancer night uh, here at Rogers Place as well. And uh, tomorrow will be a big day. Um, as well uh, for the Edmonton Oilers when they take on the Vegas uh, Golden Knights. All right, we are going to take a timeout. It's 146 in Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers now. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer joining you at Rogers Place, along with uh, Brendan Escott. And, yes, the Edmonton Oil Kings are in town tonight against the Brandon Wheat Kings. And guess what? Uh, they've already started to bring the blinds down, so I can no longer see the ice here. Oh, it's all good. Uh, Oil Kings and Wheat Kings tonight, Rogers Place, 7 p.m. Tickets available at oilkings.ca. Oilers in the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Jack Michaels and myself will have the call, along with uh, Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Brendan Escott, Cam Moon, and the Oilers Radio Network. 
Network. All right, Brendan, just before we went to break at 129, uh, your thoughts uh, on potentially targeting Josh Anderson. Again, there has to be some considerations in place. Number one, obviously, the Oilers are in... uh, they're up against it. They're in LTIR. We assume that Evander Kane's going to come back. So any deal, in my mind, that would involve theoretically Josh Anderson, the the Canadians would have to find a way to either themselves eat a portion of that contract or a third party would have to uh, uh, eat a portion of that contract. Now, if that happens, that's going to increase the ask. And I would think that the minimum ask would be Borgo in a number one. That's the minimum. Uh, Borgo in a number one, and from the Edmonton's perspective, you'd have to make the dollars work. So, if the guy's making five and a half, and either the Canadians or another team eat two point seven five, Paul Yarvey to me would you know it's right wing for right wing. That might be. I, I'm not even sure that's even in the ballpark for either side. But George brought it up, um, and I'm not sure it's the greatest. I love Josh Anderson. I wanted Josh Anderson as a fallback in case Edmonton couldn't get a Vander Kane. They got a Vander Kane. Let's not forget they got McDavid. And Settle coming up in the next two to three years. Uh, Leon's got two more years left in his deal. Uh, Connor's got three more years left in his deal. So Connor's in year five of an eight-year contract. Leon's in year six. Nugent Hopkins is in year two of an eight-year deal at 5.125. Kane's in year one of a four-year deal at 5.125. Hyman is in year two of a seven-year deal at 5.5. If the cap increased a bit, it would make it more palatable, and if the Canadians found a way to eat, that too would make it more palatable. Where's your headspace at? What do you think? To me, the asset has depreciated from where it was a few years ago when I really liked him as well. Reason being is he hasn't had a fully healthy season since 2018-19, and when he did, that was a pretty darn good season for him. 230 shots on goal. He represents what I think is a Western Conference hockey player. Big body, hard to play against, but he's had shoulder problems, and I don't know if if I need a a guy that's got a, a fragile upper half that makes that kind of money um, you know if he ends up continuing along the injury riddle path he played 69 games last year but only 32 points so I don't know that he is as valuable as he once was but I do think Bob that if the money is right that he would bring an asset or a, a dimension rather to the bottom six forward core oh, at, no, worst, he, at he, worst at worst he's, he's a second line right wing that's what he is so if you keep him there and he's able to perform with dry sidely get some offense out of him great but otherwise you yeah know. i mean you're you're top six and you'd be paying for it but it would be mcdavid dry uh, settle rnh kane hyman and um and anderson and you you'd obviously you'd probably put kane and anderson on different lines and then you'd have functional toughness in your top six and your top two lines I mean, I and I don't know if the Canadians might just say, no, no, you're you're taking the full contract. I don't even know how you make that happen. So, I mean, George brought I, to me. I mean, I'm looking at a short-term stopgap, little bit of toughness, change the complexion out in the bottom six. Anderson's a much bigger play now, Brendan. I'm going to throw uh, uh, something else at you. Who do you, the World Cup starts this weekend? You got to watch the documentary, by the way, on Netflix. It's outstanding. Um, but uh, do you have a team that you think is going to do well this year? 
I'm going to enjoy following a few different teams. Obviously, the Canadian team is going to be a blast. I've followed American soccer for well over a decade now. I remember Tim Howard's ridiculous performance in net in 2010 against Belgium. So I'll be keeping an eye on the Americans. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing them lose. That's okay, but I'll be watching them. Uh, I'll cheer for England, Bob. England is my team. I don't necessarily believe that it's coming home this year, but uh, let's see what, what they can do. Now, do you know who successfully predicted France would win in 2018? You? Yep. And guess who <laughs> Guess who I'm taking this year? England. Really? Reason being? Uh, well, France lost at home in the 2016 uh, Euro and then ended up, uh, you know, a lot of depth. France had a lot of depth, and uh, they were really good in 2018, and they had the best team, and they ended up winning. Now, I, I, England, for me, depth-wise, is probably top three in the tournament. And sometimes you need to learn how to, uh, you, you know, you go through a, a losing before you learn how to win. So I am going to take England to win. And that would be quite ironic because guess who was the primary um, uh, bidder? Uh, and it was a joint bid. Remember, 2018 and 2022 were awarded at the same time. And a lot of that had to do, a lot of people speculate to this day, with, with a buyout um, for uh, voting uh, that occurred. Some have suggested, oh, no, that never happened. And others are like, come on, man, give your head a shake. It would be somewhat ironic to me if England, who were up for the 2018 World Cup and lost out to Russia, if England were to ultimately uh, finally win their first World Cup since 1966, when many people think they got a very beneficial call against uh, Germany, West Germany then, in the final. So I'm going to, I picked France in 2018. Part of it had to do with the experience France had through 2016 Euro. England, of course, losing to Italy at home in the 2020, uh, ultimately what turned out to be the 21 Euro, as we recall. I'm going to pick England to win the World Cup. Uh, you know, take it for what it's worth. I'm rarely right, and I'm the first to admit to it. But, uh, hey, that's all part of the beauty of having a little bit of fun. It is 1.53 at Edmonton, and we are going to go to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel this January. Join Oilers now on a three-day road trip to Vegas to see the Oilers play the Golden Knights. You can reach out to New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. Brendan, what do you got? 2006, in a rematch of the first round of the previous year's playoffs, the Oilers downing the Detroit Red Wings. That series that only you and Brownlee called, I believe. Yes. At Rexall Place, thanks to two-point games from Rafi Torres and Joffrey Lupul. Dwayne Rollison stopping 38 of 41 in regulation and overtime. Torres scored the shootout winner, a seven-round thriller. There you go. Reed Wilkins says inside sports tonight from 6 to 8 p.m. What's he got shaking? Uh, he is uh, getting set up for tomorrow's Oilers-Golden Knights game, and you'll also hear from former uh, football team safety, Hank Trent Brown. He's coming on the show. Oh, there you go. Great Hamilton guy. Hamilton Tiger Cats offensive lineman David Beard, former Eskimo or Elk as well. There we go. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll have the Oil Kings and the Golden Knights. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Jack Michaels, myself, Cam Moon, and Brendan Escott. Face-off show 6.30. Puck drop at 8 o'clock. Uh, I will rejoin you Monday on a day in which the Oilers play the Devils. They got a tough trip coming up. Uh, tough next couple games. Vegas 14 and four, and I think New Jersey's either 15 and three or 14 and four or something like that. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Christina Drapo, followed by Rob Breckenridge from two to three. Then the 6:30 chat afternoons with Jalen Nye uh, from three to six. So long, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend.